0: Beckett's Babies. I'm Sarah Cho. And I'm Sam Collier. And we are in the same place. It's amazing.
1: We're sitting next to each other.
0: Wow. Um, Sam, you look like the same person. (laughs) You look the same too, Sarah. Oh, this entire time I thought you were just someone different. The last time we (laughs) saw each other was when?
1: Oh, when you came to my show.
0: In Davis. Yeah, in in Wow. 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 Time flies. Yeah. So today's episode is the Sam Collier interview. I'll be interviewing Sam. Oh, boy. I know you listeners, you want to know more about Sam. Who is she? What does she do? (laughs) What is her life? So, Sam, we'd like to ask our guests on the show, what is the earliest memory that you remember before theater?
1: Okay. Well... I don't know if this is my actual earliest memory or not, but I think it is. Um, I was about two years old and we lived, my parents and I lived in this little apartment that had an upstairs and a downstairs. And the there was a staircase that went down to the first floor and there was a narrow ledge that ran alongside the staircase. Um, and then there was a wall next to that ledge. And the ledge was like maybe a few inches wide, and I have this memory of my dad was going downstairs to do laundry, and I was standing at the top of the stairs looking at this ledge, thinking I could walk on that. And my dad clearly knew what I was thinking because he said, "Don't try to walk on that." And then he went downstairs and went into the laundry room, um, out of my line of sight. And I, you know, I was kind of judging the size of my feet and looking at the ledge, and then. I had total confidence in myself and very little confidence in my dad's ability to judge my abilities. And so I stepped out onto the ledge and it quickly became apparent to me that I had not calculated the size of my body being wider than that of my feet. And I fell off the ledge and down the stairs. And my dad came running and of course I was crying and I had chipped one of my teeth. Oh no. And um and that was my first memory. Wow. Yeah. And stuck with you, huh? It stuck with me for a couple of reasons. One, I remember the kind of thought processes that I went was... I remember thinking, wow, I guess my dad really does know something about the world. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he knows things that I don't know yet.
0: Um mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what was your first introduction to theater? So I was one of those
1: kids who was always always wanted to put on plays for the grownups. And Mm -hmm. so I think the first time I was in a play was when I was um, in kindergarten. We did a, a little show of Stone Soup in our kindergarten classroom, which is the story about the three soldiers coming home from the war and they have nothing to eat and they stop in a village and ask for food and the villagers say, and this is was my line. We mm-hmm. had a bad harvest. <laughs> they don't want to share any food with the soldiers. And then the soldiers um, basically teach them how to share mm-hmm. by putting a pot of water with a stone in it in the middle of the on a fire in the middle of the village and inviting people to flavor the pot with whatever they have. So if somebody brings a carrot and somebody brings some celery, and before you know it. There's a rich vegetable soup. <laughs> and then um, I I guess that was the original play for me. And I became obsessed with making my cousin and my sister put on plays for mm. our parents and grandparents. Um, and and I I guess I would tell them what to say and where to stand and so I was both the writer and, <laughs> and the director and I would be in it as well you know I had to yeah. I had to do all the things <laughs> wait how old were you again so I guess this was when I was four five six
0: mm. you know
1: and then and then I did lots of little plays in school and then um I got involved in a community theater I was in high school and did some um acting with them and hmm and then when, it wasn't really until I got to I, – I think I did write a play or two when I was in high school, but I never thought that was what I wanted to do. And then when I got to college, I started reading um, Susan Laurie Parks and Naomi Wallace and um, Tony Kushner and just a whole – Tom Stoppard and a, a wider variety of plays than I had read before and, and got really excited about what you could do in a play. So. Mm. That's when I really and you majored over theater. And I majored in theater, theater. with a focus mm-hmm.
0: in playwriting. Yep. Wow. Did that. Yeah. Did you have a favorite teacher?
1: You know, mm-hmm. i I was really fortunate um, to be able to do a couple of different things. I had a I had a great teacher in. I went to Middlebury College, and there's a playwriting teacher there, Dana Yetten, um, who I took. My first couple playwriting classes with, but then I did the um, National Theater Institute Theater Makers program at the O'Neill
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, in maybe its second or third summer that it existed, and we took. I was there as a playwright, and then there were <clears throat> two other playwrights, and then there were three actors and three directors, and we all took classes, you know, on collaboration, mm-hmm. and we we made. We were constantly making new plays together, and we had some really great um, instructors in that program, too. So, and then, of course, grad school. Mm-hmm. So, I just feel like I've had so many great teachers.
0: Yeah. Did you, when did you have that moment where where you thought, oh, theater can be anything? Because um, I feel I like. I feel like I still have yeah. that moment
1: all the time. mm you know it's, mm-hmm. it's never it was never one moment
0: but are you thinking of something in particular no I just feel like ever since I met you or you were one of the first people I <coughs> met where you were just always like no rules, <laughs> like there's no yeah you, you, it, it, before that I've always thought plays storytelling just following certain rules yeah and so I'm just curious to you know when well you realize that
1: <coughs> listeners I'm sorry I have a cough um <laughs> I can't edit this out I know cause... I know it's fine it's okay it's it's real it's raw <laughs> it's ra- um I don't know I guess just from seeing lots of plays and seeing all different kinds shapes of plays and um mm-hmm. that summer at the O'Neill I got to see a lot of different work and Mm. I was really inspired by the puppet, the puppetry conference, and the mm. way that the puppetry artists were thinking about form. And, um, I don't know if it was, uh, it, if it was one particular moment or just more, probably a series of moments. Mm. We took that class with Dare Club on that was collaboration our first semester and. Mm-hmm we every week we had to create a new piece <clears throat> and and i really credit that class with opening my mind about what a performance could be or what a play could be hmm.
0: who are your favorite playwrights oh man well, definitely. Uh, uh, let me shape yeah, this. Yeah. Re- let me yeah. re- ask this question. If you could be stuck on an island with any of the playwrights in the world. With the playwright or with yeah. their plays? No, with the playwright.
1: So it has to be somebody I like and get along with. Hmm. Um, oh, gee. It's a little different. Yeah, it is different. Because I would want to pick somebody I know. I guess I'd pick you, Sarah. So. Uh, that's the perfect so answer. Thank more. you so much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, but who's your favorite playwright? Um, not well, sucking, not getting stuck on an island
1: yeah so definitely the people i mentioned before mm-hmm. um, i love the work of susan Laurie parks and naomi wallace i love sarah rule's work um so many i mean i just think and um i i think about when i'm teaching playwriting how to strike a balance between, um, the people that had a big influence on me when I was first learning, and then also bringing in the voices of, um, people who are creating new work now, which is not always the same people, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, I love Shakespeare too, you know? Like, I, that's, maybe that's kind of passe or corny to say, but I think we have a lot to learn from Shakespeare. I love Arthur Miller's work and Chekhov.
0: and um, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you like them because of how they make you feel after you read it? <laughs> or um, is it their... The, is there something that resonates with you? Well, I th- yeah, I think mm-hmm. or...
1: Um, you know, sometimes it's a matter of a feeling of watching a play and feeling yourself totally hooked on every moment. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like a few weeks ago, I talked about um, The Niceties, which is a play by mm-hmm. Eleanor Burgess. And for that entire play, I was on the edge of my seat. I didn't know what was going to happen. And it was so timely and relevant of a story. And then Other times I'm really amazed at what the writer can do with language or with an argument. Like I think about Tony Kushner and Tom Stoppard in that sense. Um, So, yeah, sometimes I'm amazed at them, at their skill, and other times I'm I'm hooked in by the emotion. Mm. Mm -hmm. I think Naomi Wallace's work is really... Interesting to see what she does with power and with the interpersonal dynamics on stage and how she can take one power dynamic and then either suddenly or Mm -hmm. gradually completely upend the the Mm -hmm. relationship between the two people or more than two on stage and I love watching how that can happen.
0: Um yeah. yeah. Um, let's briefly talk about teaching. When did you, did you always want to teach?
1: I love teaching and I've, I've always, you know, I started out working with little kids. Like that was always my summer job when Mm -hmm. a lot of my friends were lifeguarding or, you know, I don't know what people do in the summers when they're teenagers. (laughs) Making pizza? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, working a coffee shop or something. But Mm -hmm. my job of choice was always camp counselor. And so Mm -hmm. I always was working with little kids. And then I kind of moved from that into being a teaching artist um, and doing that kind of work after college. And then when I was Mm -hmm. in grad school, I started teaching college classes. And I love designing a syllabus and thinking about the learning process and how people... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> can grow their just their understanding of a topic and um, move from one set of beliefs or understandings to a different one. I think that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. When they encounter something that doesn't fit into their previous framework. Like for example, a good example is if a student has a sense of what a play is, and then they read a play that is completely different from that, and they fall in love with that play, suddenly they have to rethink their rules about what makes a good play. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I think Lucas Nath's work is really good for for demonstrating to students that um, what, what they thought about a play structure can be... Um, too small to fit the kinds of work that they fall in love with.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Let's see what you mean. I for me, I I just don't have the patience for teaching. <laughs> I don't think, yeah. I'd Do you think that's because you're in Aries? Uh, I think that's part of it. Have we
1: ever talked about astrology on Beckett's Babies? Because I, I think, think it's we, time. I, I don't think we <clears throat> did. I think maybe in Beckett's Babies 1.0, we did more. Yeah, we did more of it.
0: Um, yeah, so my rising is <laughs> Virgo, my sun is Aries, and my moon is Cancer. Okay, that's right. That's why you're so caring. Sometimes. <laughs> I'm, I'm very selective of who I'm <laughs> being uh, so, caring about. So teach you're a, you get too impatient for teaching? I think so. Yeah. What makes you impatient? Um... You know, but here's the thing. My personality has always been like, um, I had to figure it out on my own. Why don't you figure it out on your own? <laughs> like that's
1: well, like... maybe a good teacher though can um can still set up opportunities for students to learn things on their own. Mm-hmm. And just, but kind of, it's like you're building a a playpen for them so they don't get hurt. <laughs> 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 but. They're... But they still have to figure out how to fit the blocks together oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> yeah. But I think that whole setting up, that playpen, mm-hmm. that I, I'm, it's probably my job to do. Mm-hmm. I have no patience for You'd rather they just be in danger. <laughs> All the time.
1: <laughs> it's a dangerous yeah.
0: world out there. No, well, it's so. good. I
1: think that's a totally legit teaching style.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. <clears throat> um, so... What is your writing process like? Um, my
1: writing process really varies. I think it's it's changed a lot from when I was in grad school, usually, I would immerse myself in the world of a play for like three weeks <clears throat> while I wrote the first draft mm-hmm. and and I would be living and breathing that play, like I would be researching and writing constantly and mm. thinking of nothing else and a couple weeks later, I'd have a draft ready. I mean, I, I still had to go to class and and teach and everything, but because my schedule was so much more flexible,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and because I had a hard deadline of workshop coming up, <laughs> and I would usually wait until the last possible minute to start writing, um, right. it was a much more concentrated burst of time. And now, the plays I've written more recently, I write over. Um, a much longer period of time, mm-hmm. which I don't, I
0: think I don't like it as much, but that's just the nature of, mm-hmm. you know, working full time and also and, writing. And when you say like long period of time, is it just like a little bit of every day? Sometimes it's, yeah, I or... think sometimes it's like a couple pages a
1: day, and other times it's on the weekend for a couple hours. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, much as I try, I just sometimes don't get much done during the week. Mm-hmm. Um. yeah it really varies and then also sometimes I'm working on revising one play but while also trying to write another play and so I go back and forth and so mm-hmm. um, you know I might not touch the new play for a few weeks while I'm working on revising mm-hmm. the other play so
0: mm-hmm.
1: I wouldn't say I have a singular writing process It it's much more variable mm-hmm. do you use notebooks to use. Yes. And I tend to, this is probably bad. I wouldn't really recommend this to anybody, but I tend to have a couple of different notebooks going at any one time.
0: Mm.
1: And I just write whatever I'm writing in whichever notebook I happen to have with me. Mm -hmm. And so I tend to have the notes for a play scattered across multiple notebooks (laughs) in amongst, you know, poem drafts and
0: Mm -hmm. ideas
1: and random thoughts. And, um, you know, I, often when I'm writing, when I sit down to write, I start by just, I call it clearing out my mind, just Mm -hmm. kind of, um, free writing on whatever I've read about in the news or something I saw that day or something I'm thinking about. I just get like a paragraph or a page down of that Mm -hmm. before I start writing, because I find that helps me kind of um get into the writing mindset and also just get that stuff out of the way so I can think about what I want to write. Mm. <clears throat> and so I really have to when I am moving from notebooks to a document on my computer, I have to kind of sift through all these miscellaneous mm. pages of stuff, but then sometimes that I I can pull a paragraph or a sentence or something from that material and turn it into a scene or a monologue so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: in my mind it's very much all connected Mm. and sometimes I'll I'll write a poem first draft of a poem that becomes part of Mm -hmm. a play
0: Mm. what's on your mind right now because I feel like a lot of plays that I write like what's just kind of what's stewing in my mind. Yeah. And they sort of just like <clears throat> I sort of vomited out. Yeah. What's kind of what's on your mind right now? I mean,
1: the thing I just keep coming back to for the last year is that children at the border being separated from their parents mm. is like just always in my mind. And um mm-hmm. the the terrible things that this country is doing to
0: mm-hmm.
1: families and small children. Um, So that, and then also the, you know, total collapse of the planet, <laughs> the ecosystems mm-hmm. around the planet, and climate change is a big one, and mm-hmm. um, sad things like that, species going extinct. <laughs> but also, like, I mean, much closer to home, what's on my mind is I'm about to move to Maine in a couple of weeks, so Ooh. or a week, I don't even know, so I'm trying to figure out all those logistics, and yeah. moving is always fun and stressful and
0: you heard it here folks first yeah i know sam is moving to maine i
1: probably haven't even told everyone in my life that i should tell but beckett's babies (laughs) listeners are a special category so you guys get to find out first
0: so sam in case you didn't know was living in michigan for about two years they know oh they know (coughs) well who knows i don't know my fans (laughs) (laughs) well in case those new listeners and have no idea uh sam was, has been living in michigan for two years and you had a teaching job in maine yep which and is very exciting it's very exciting it's i think weather-wise very
1: similar to northern michigan mm-hmm. so yeah and i'm moving there at the end of this week cool and is oberon coming with you of course he is <laughs> He has no idea what's about to happen in his life. Oberon is my dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Did he, vis- did he visit Maine? Oh, no, okay. When he I went. Yeah. Just... <clears throat> I'm really excited for him to see the ocean for the first time because he's only ever, mm. like he, he's swum in a lot of lakes and rivers and he's yeah. used to running in and just drinking. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be really funny when he runs into the ocean for the first time and tries to oh. drink it and then it's salt water. He's like, this is what? What is this day? He's like, what is happening right now? I have phone. Oh to my film gosh. It. Yeah. Um, wow. That was a complete tangent, but that's on my mind. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, this question What advice do you have for playwrights <clears throat> or aspiring young writers out there? Good question, Sarah. Um, My advice is
1: to go see a lot of plays, as many as you can, and also, this is something I wish I did more of, so I'm going to give advice that I don't necessarily use myself, but I think it's really helpful for playwrights who are just starting out to um, get plays out of the library and then get a group of friends together and read them out loud, because
0: Mm. you
1: get a sense for things you can't really get a sense for when you read it to yourself. If you read it out loud and you have it in different voices, you get a sense for timing and um, often the humor comes through more clearly. Mm -hmm. You can follow individual characters journeys more easily. um, And you'll build a community of savvy play readers with your friends And so, bonus, if they're also theater people, then you can start reading each other's work. Mm. Because you'll be developing a shared language for how to speak about plays. And, um, yeah, that's kind of my dream for what I want to do, but that's my advice to you guys. (laughs) Go do that.
0: Uh, Starting, like, or getting your play to read amongst your friends.
1: Yeah, but just other people's plays first, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, Get a group together and read The Seagull or whatever, you Mm. know, or read. If there's a play that's going on in a city far away from you and you can't get to it, you might be able to find um, a published version of it or you might be able to find it on the New Play Exchange and you should just get it and And read read it it. out loud
0: with your friends. Yeah. Great advice. See how it goes. That's a great advice. Thanks. I'm in this Facebook group, um, with the 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 comedy theater that I'm with, and there's just some you know people who came from the theater mm-hmm. who was in the part of it, and they all we're all like in this. Some of us are in this um Facebook group of, called the Play Readers. We just like gonna okay, to get together, cool. replace. I haven't gone, but <laughs> I'm in it, um, because it just never works out with my schedule. That sounds like so much fun. But Yeah, I we. From what I could tell, the group selects a play to read that uh, week, and go to that person's house, and then we cast at that time, and just all will read together. I mean, that sounds amazing. Like I want to partake in that. They should change their schedule so <laughs> if it's your I know. schedule. It's all about me, folks. Yeah. But can't live that way. <clears throat> um. Wow, well, Sam. This was your interview. I know. How do you feel? I feel. Um, I feel good. <laughs> Do, you, do I feel you feel thoroughly like, questioned? Really? Okay, good. Do you feel like you uh, said what you wanted to say?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, if I think of anything else, I'll just say it when I'm interviewing you.
0: Oh, okay, great. Because this was a test run. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think it went pretty well. I mean, we already interviewed a bunch of guests. <laughs> yeah, you're a good interviewer, Sarah. Oh, thanks. Um, so this is the final part of the episode where we do glistens. I don't mm-hmm. know if you heard of that. <laughs> It's something we do on the show. Oh, cool! Um, where we sort of you talk about what's on your mind or what happened during the week, something you learned. It could be literally about anything. Yeah. So, do you want me to go first? Um, yeah. Why don't you go first? Um, my glisten is
1: Maine, the state oh, of yes. Maine, particularly mm-hmm. Belfast, Maine, which is a very adorable town, mm-hmm. um, right on the water. It's a port town. It has a harbor. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm going to be living there. So that's my glisten. There's something about walking down to a harbor in the early morning when it's still kind of misty and foggy. Mm -hmm. And the boats are all in the water and there's nobody around. That um, is just a very poetic experience. Mm -hmm. And I had that experience. And then
0: I thought, this could be my life. And maybe it will. Yeah. I wonder what... (laughs) um, writers or players that came from maine do you know any um well you know stephen king is the most famous writer. really he's oh, from yeah. maine Does yeah. He yeah, he to live in
1: bangor yeah
0: oh my gosh mm-hmm. go knock on his door if you
1: search i know because i did this if you search on instagram hashtag bangor yeah pretty much all the pictures are of stephen king's house
0: really yeah it's
1: people posing in front of his house oh my god well oh, it's kind of weird it is weird but you never know. I mean, maybe a year from now, people will be posing in front of my house. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, the playwright Sam Collier The co-host
0: of Beckett's Baby. Yeah,
1: exactly. <gasps> wow, I didn't know Stephen King lived in Maine. But there must be others. There yeah. must be playwrights. That's wow. a question for you listeners. What writers do you know who are from Maine? Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. I <clears throat> did not know that. What's your glisten, Sarah? Um... Well, I was going to say Michigan, but now I just realized I watched a movie last night. Uh, it was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with Quentin, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. I went to the State Theater. Ooh. It was my first time in Traverse City, this movie theater that everyone around me who's from Michigan talks about. That's because Michael Moore <laughs> renovated it. Right. Uh, and I saw it. was a very beautiful theater. And I saw a movie there. Um, this was, I think this might be one of my favorite Quentin Tarantino's movie wow almost I don't really like him or the movies he makes Mm -hmm. typically except Kill Bill I liked it but a little too violent but this one was nice there's some self-control there was humor and there was and there was no really plot but that's fine (laughs) because I feel like the ending was very satisfying I don't want to I don't want to spoil anyone who haven't seen it and wants to see it but um the ending is worth it it. yeah Okay. Yeah, the first two thirds you're like wondering what is this about? Why am I watching this? Why am I watching a buddy film between Leon DiCaprio and Brad Pitt? Like, why do I care? And then at the end it's like, holy crap! Yes, this wow. is amazing. Because Quentin Tarantino, what he does is like he does this like uh, revises history, you know? Yeah, he does something like that, and he does that with um the uh, Sharon Tate, Charlie um what's the, what's the guy Charlie Manson right the murderer who
1: murdered yeah, yeah. yeah. charlie Manson, charlie <clears throat> Manson, yeah
0: so it was wow. a very interesting take on it and i liked it yeah
1: was the theater full
0: no it was it. not full. no it was not full. we just had the film festival so everyone's probably tired of, the of movies. movies yeah okay yeah it was fun um i love michigan yeah it, it's been really nice to get away from LA and to see all this green. Yeah. Right now, uh, we're recording in my future in-laws' house, and it's just right now we're we're in the basement, but we're looking out and there's just trees. We're kind of on this hill. So. Yeah. Yeah. So much nature. So much nature. And blueberries. Yeah, we picked blueberries. Oh, that's another. I'm mean, asked so much glistens. <laughs> we picked the blueberries <laughs> yesterday. We went over to um this blueberry patch or farm that um is owned by my fiance's uh high school spanish teacher wow that's so cool yeah and so we went over there and we picked blueberries that was really fun and we ate them and made a pie out of it did he go to elk rapids school high school yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think so
1: cool yeah all right well thanks for listening listeners yeah and stay tuned for the next episode that's right in which i interview sarah cho so now the tables will turn Uh (laughs) uh-oh stay
0: tuned (coughs) thanks for listening folks and now sam coughing this this will not be edited